Welcome back to Raw and Ballsy Exposed. My name is Steele Mitchell, and this is the third part in a multi-part series of Raw and Ballsy Exposed. And joining me once again is the founder of Inspire Success Academy of Life and the author of the book that we're dissecting in this podcast, Raw and Ballsy, the man himself, John Briggs. So how are you today, John? Absolutely fantastic, Mitch. Of course. Thank you very much. Excellent. So John, last week we spoke about chapters two and three of the book, which were goal slash target setting yep. and psychological stamina. Yep. So let's kick off today's discussion with a deeper look at chapter four, which is, it's a learn, not a loss. What's that all about? Okay, so a lot of people in life think that if they play, say for example, they play a game of sport and according to the game and the rules, they lose. Now, my take on that is that no one ever really loses if you just change your mindset a little bit. For example, if I've had a game of tennis and I get beaten in that game, I never ever feel like I've lost. Yeah. I see it as a learn because I'm going to play that opponent again at some stage. I will take the information that was given to me in that game on how I, in inverted commas, uh, didn't win the match and he won on paper. And actually in the game, he according to the, the rules and regulations of the game of tennis, he won. Yep. I will take all the information from that, analyze it, work out what I need to do to get a better result next time. Yeah. So, for example, if my opponent worked out that I don't know, my backhand isn't as good as my forehand, what I would do, in simple terms, is go away, work on my backhand really hard, so I learn from not winning that match. Yeah. So by the time I come to play him next time, he will be aiming for my backhand, believing that it's a weakness, and suddenly it's not, it's a strength. So, as a result of that, he then has to change his strategy, and it changes the whole way the game is played. And that's actually a little bit of a microcosm for life as yep. well. You learn from your losses, or it never really is a loss. Don't see it as a loss. Because if you lose something, how does it feel? feels like you haven't won. You, you... Yeah, or if you yeah. lose anything, if you lose your cat, how does it feel? It feels like you've lost a part of you. Like you're, That's you're, right, you've lost a part something. of you. Yeah, you're missing something. Well, if you lose, on a more serious note lose a more fa- a, fa- a family member how does it feel feels like someone's taken part of you away and you can't yeah. have it back yeah that's right so don't see it as a loss because it doesn't feel very good yeah so does learning feel good no oh yes learning yeah <laughs> learning. <laughs> so learning feels good yeah yeah because you're absorbing that information to yep. make yourself better so you're Learning feels good. So just by changing the word that you use in your mind, learn, sorry, loss to learn, you're going to feel good. Which then makes you want to go away and practice what you need to do to be better. That can apply right across the board in absolutely every single thing in life. So instead of thinking things as a loss, think it as a learn, and then you reapply that in every single thing you do. So think of something else, Mitch. What else apart from sport? You lose your job. Okay, so you lose your job. Yeah. Okay, so what's there to learn about that? Well, you find, obviously there's a reason why you generally lose your job unless it's just being stood down because yeah. it's not busy enough. But generally sure. you'll lose your job for a reason because you told the customer to get... <laughs> so a performance reason. Yeah. Same back, back on the tennis court there. But yeah, let's say it's an employment thing. Yeah. So what could you do about it? You could say to your employer, okay, can you give me some feedback, please? Yep. So I can learn from that. Yeah. So I can get better for next time in my next place of employment. And they would probably tell you. They'd probably say, okay, cool. Or with the customers, maybe you didn't listen enough. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe you didn't ask enough questions. Your sales weren't great. So to increase your sales, you need to, to listen more to the customer. Yeah. Find out what they want or need. Yeah. And then find out a method for them to buy. You know, so that way you go away, work on those things. Yeah. And when you go for your next interviews, you're confident enough to sell yourself in that manner. Yeah. The key here is it isn't just thinking positively. It's actually seeing it completely differently from a different perspective, a different angle. Yeah. So learn not a loss yeah okay so it's like anything at school you're learning yeah you're learning to make yourself a better person or better educated asset to life to yourself and to other people depending on what you want to do with yourself yeah absolutely so the other thing about never seeing it as a loss because the loss just feels like crap yeah physically and mentally it has an effect a big effect. I mean, there's some very famous sports people, for example, George Foreman, yep. who when he lost to Muhammad Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle in Zaire, and he was, Foreman was the big favourite and Muhammad Ali was supposed to be old and past it, that almost ruined his life. He nearly died mentally and physically. He came back 20 years later. It took him that long to sort his life out. Such was the effect because he took the loss so badly, it nearly killed him. It nearly destroyed him as a person. Then he saw it as a learn. He learned that you can turn your whole life around by starting to work at the things that he didn't have then. Yeah. So for him, it was humility. His ego was that big. It was completely smashed. And as a result of it, that that's how he fell apart. Yeah. He didn't have any humility as a young boxer because he just was so up himself. He destroyed everybody. As a result, he didn't have any humility. Yeah. He had to learn humility when he made his comeback and won the world title back at 45 years of age by knocking out his opponent, which is quite an incredible thing. Yeah, absolutely. So it took him that, that 20 years to, to realise that it yeah. was a learn, not a loss. Exactly. And then he, he learned, well, he learned yeah. what he learned, really. That's right. And, and, he, and he actually changed not only his whole life around, but he's the guy, just in case you recognise the name and aren't a boxing fan, who created the grill, yep. the George Foreman grill, yep. which is a supposed fat loss. Yep. It drains off the fat of the food. And if he hadn't have turned his life around and changed his whole personality, he would never ever have been able to do that because he promoted that grill and made it into a multi-billion dollar business with his big jovial personality. Now, 20 years earlier, when he was world champion in his 20s, yep. he didn't have that personality at all. He was dark. No, I'm not meaning the colour of his skin. He was brooding. He was dark. He was he was uh, intimidating. He hardly said a word. Um, that was his persona. And he learned from that 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 doesn't really sell. and People don't really like that. Yep. To change or to be confident to be the real him. And the happy, jovial person is actually the real him the other one wasn't so he just became more comfortable in his own skin absolutely well i think i actually probably for a good 10 15 years i knew of the george foreman grill but i didn't have no idea that he was a boxer or how he got famous or anything so that's the side i knew because that's the one that yeah was obviously a like not more popular but but come across it yes you've seen it on the ads and the late night shopping and yeah well he changed his whole person because he learned the loss to muhammad ali made him learn about life. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So he turned his whole life around. And it's the same with people like Andre Agassi. You know, as a young tennis player, he was flashy, he was like a rock star. Yeah, he was... But he never really achieved a lot. He didn't win much. And he was popular for his looks, and that was about it. And his ability. But he didn't reach his potential until he started to lose too often to Pete Sampras in particular 
who worked really hard. Agassi didn't work really hard in his young days because, well, he was enjoying the high life too much. Yep. He got sick of losing matches. He learnt from all of those things. And as a result of learning, he became world's number one. And actually became probably better than Pete Sampras, even though the head-to-head -head might not say that. Yep. When they were both in their prime, probably Agassi was better because of what he learnt. Could we see a similar story happen to a certain Australian tennis player in the future? Is it possible for him? You're talking Mr. Curiosity? Yes. Maybe so. You know, look, I mean, I've actually written a bit about him in my book. Yeah. And he is all potential. Yeah. And he is amazing. There's no doubt about it. He's an incredible athlete. Yeah. Whether he learns enough to turn his potential yep. into winning consistently, that's yep. the key, consistently remains to be seen. He yep. has the ability. The problem with ability is it takes hard work to make it consistent. And that's what a lot of people don't like because they rely just on their natural ability and that's actually sort of lazy in a way. So to make your loss into a learn, you've got to knock out your laziness because you've got to say to yourself, you've got to go, right, okay, I need to work hard at my weaknesses to, or at least I need to work hard at something. It might be something like concentration. You yeah. know, at school, I was the person who had potential. So I know all about this. Yeah. One day I was, well, not one day, but some days I had a great day. A lot of the time I didn't. And it used to frustrate the crap out of the teachers and my parents because they knew what I could do. And I didn't really know because, well, I wasn't really that interested. Mr. Briggs has a lot of potential. That's right. Mr. Has... Briggs distracts yeah. others. Yeah, exactly right. Yes, all the time. And I suppose it was only when I discovered personal training as a living that I realise my full potential because I love it so what's the key here I suppose in everything do what you love and then make it consistently good there's no fluke about McDonald's as I said perhaps previously that they don't produce healthy food but they are the most popular restaurant of all time and yep. the most successful worldwide so if they don't sell food which is very healthy in fact it's absolute rubbish it's totally unhealthy and can kill you because it's full of saturated fat and gives you high cholesterol and all the rest of it yeah uh, then obviously there's a reason why people buy the stuff that the creator of mcdonald's is very clever yeah because he realized what people want and what they need so he created some kind of consistency here so he never had to rely on his ability so therefore he never really lost because the consistency created a system which enabled him to have a win all of the time so you can apply these rules to everything in life if it's business, for example. So with business, ideas come and go all the time, right? The key with ideas is to use them immediately to make them a reality because otherwise it's just a thought. Yep. What's a thought, Mitch? It's just something that pops in your head. So it's a it's nothing. A, yeah, it's a nothing. It's nothing until you make it real. Until you action it and actually exactly. do something about it. Absolutely right. So in business, a lot of people say to themselves, oh, yeah, no, that won't work. Or they hear someone else saying, that won't work. So they go, okay, I won't bother trying. So they don't even try in the first place. They don't even get in, in the arena to give it a go. Yep. They don't get in the boxing ring. They don't get on the playing field. So they never know whether that works or not quite often. If they do, though, try, and let's say it doesn't work, does it mean it was a bad idea? No, not no. necessarily, because they're obviously, as we're learning now, they're learning something. That's right, they're learning something. So they may just have to adjust what they did very slightly. I think uh, Thomas Edison, I don't know how many times he tried to create the light bulb, but it was in the thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah. And he didn't give in because he knew he was just a little bit away from it. He learned 
something every single time yep. he tried to make that light turn on. Where would we be if he did give We'd up? We'd all be in the dark. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like mushrooms. Yep. And, uh, and we all know what happens to them. Yep. So we haven't got much room for those jokes. Sorry about that. Anyway, so the learn that he did was incredible. And it's the same with all of those guys from that same sort of time. Alexander Graham Bell, the telephone. Actually, he was in competition, I believe, with Edison for the rights to claim who invented it. And uh, Bell, no pun intended. But he actually got the rights to say he owned the rights or he invented telephone. Again, how many times would he have tried it? Thousands to make it as it was, to make it work. They didn't give in. They didn't see it as a loss. They just see it as a learn. What do they need to do to adjust? Now, it's the same in people in business. You've got to try things. Now, you've got to try things without the worry of it not working. Not working, failure, and loss are all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So you've got to ban those words from your life. You've just got to try, see what happens. Don't care if it doesn't, in effect, work. It's only the, the rules of the game that say it didn't work. Whatever game it is. Business, tennis, cricket, life, whatever. So you just ignore what anybody thinks and says and make the adjustment until it works. So you're taking out your, your inner critic and you're not listening to other critics, but not caring about the mistake or error or whatever you want to call it, loss. It's all a learn and that's what this is all about. See everything as a learn and it isn't just positive thinking. See everything as a learn and make an adjustment to make it better next time and keep doing it and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep practicing and keep practicing and you will get better results the next chapter chapter five is yeah. visualization now with visualization again let's take well let's take business as a as an example or you're going for a job interview now most people when they go for a job interview believe that they have to sell themselves to the interviewer yeah which is true to a point i'll give you the reverse of that in a minute so they're nervous most of the time. It's just one of those things. It's a bit like public speaking, going for job interviews. So then they might be nervous because they don't have confidence. They might be nervous because they didn't do the homework on the business which has interviewed them or interviewing them. They might be nervous because they don't believe that they are worth the job or the money yeah. or the salary or whatever it might be. There's a number of lots of reasons. Or because they weren't successful in a number of other interviews so they've now programmed their mind to be not successful in an interview it's very possible all of these things yeah so they would have created a picture in their mind whether they know it or not of failure now that you can use that right across the board you can look let's say for example you play basketball and you've lost the last 10 matches that you played you you will create a visual image like a mini movie of missing that free throw yeah. When you needed to, to win the match. And then next time you do it, what do you remember? Exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just keeps playing and playing and playing in your mind. Now, what if, what if you created a mental movie, a visualization, where you see nothing but everything working out for you before the event? So I, I use this technique a lot. I used to do it in business meetings where uh, I would have an appointment and I would go to the business in question, the business owner, to maybe do a talk for them on, on fitness or book them in for personal training or whatever it might be. So I used to have to think to myself, well, why should he choose me? Why me? Yeah. Out of all the other people. So I'd visualize the person in question shaking my hand, smiling, nodding, agreeing, 
wanting to hold the paraphernalia that I had to read it, them feeding off my passion and my excitement for what I'm talking about, and then them saying, yes, when can I start? And I'd visualize that. Now, it doesn't guarantee you full success, but visualize, think about the opposite. So what if you visualized them going, oh, you're crap, yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't think I'll bother with you, and uh, yeah, you're rubbish. Now, if you visualize that and had that voice in your head as well as seeing it, how would it make you feel? You're going to go into the meeting or interview with the perception that you're going to fail before it even starts. Absolutely, so. you're already beaten. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's go back to the, the other version. You're visualizing in color. Yeah. Like a little movie now. It's like a TV set. You're in control of how colorful you want this to be. It's also high definition as well, right? It's the most modern of the TV sets, brand new. It's a sharp picture. Right? Now, this can be whatever you want to believe. It could be it can be your business that you set up and you, you're just excited and you're waiting for your customers to come and you can't wait. It could be a job interview that you're going for next week. It could be playing your, your cricket match where you're visualizing scoring 100. Yep. It, it could be anything at all. And if you give yourself 15 minutes of visualization on everything working out, you have to slow it down because your brain works real fast. So slow it down with breathing exercises. The breathing makes you slow things down and makes you relax. Yeah. Okay? And then you let, let the movie play out in your favor. Okay. Remember what I said about we do this most of the time negatively anyway? Yeah. All we're doing here is a version which will change your physiology and your mindset. Because if you keep playing that time and time again, it, you will become that. You will, you will become the walking embodiment of that mini movie and your body language and everything else will exude the confidence which you see in that in that visualization technique. Yeah. As a result of that, you start to believe it. You start to action it and then you get a positive result. Okay? It's very difficult for people to not react positively to a positive person, which does lead into the next chapter as well, by the way. Like I said, all of this links in. It's very difficult for people to react negatively to somebody that's full of passion and positivity. They want that person because they often haven't got that. Yeah. If they, Because people in life want what they lack. And most people do not have passion, enthusiasm, motivation, and a general zest for every single thing. If they see people like that, they want to be around them. They want, they want that passion because they haven't got it. So, for example, if you're selling a product or a service and you go in with all that positivity and all that passion, people are going to want it. They'll buy you. Yeah. And they'll keep buying from you as well because they remember you. They don't remember the TV set or the, uh, or the bike or whatever. They remember you. And we all, we've all been like that as customers as well because people want what they haven't got. And yep. quite often in this case, it's all those positive, exciting things. So if you, or if you're playing a game of sport and admit you're a cricketer, yeah? Yeah. So if you visualize getting out in the first over, are you building the chances of that happening? Definitely. Of course you are. Yeah. But if you visualize taking your time, you're seeing the ball big, to use a cricket terminology, which means for people who don't follow cricket, that it's easy to hit the ball. Uh, you visualize every shot being nice off the middle of the bat. It's going past the fielders at pace and crashing into the boundary boards for four. And then you visualize getting your 50. You lift your bat up in the air, 
you visualize it right now i'm actually doing this with you right now yeah because you just did that didn't you you lifted your back didn't you yeah yeah you did how did it feel felt good felt good and then the applause from the crowd fifty thousand yep. of them mcg that's only half only half capacity i know because it was only a local game oh, just after corona that that's was right fully yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, with the spacing, they're only around half the amount of people. Yeah. So how did that feel? Felt amazing. Felt amazing. That's right. Now then, you get to you're in the nineties now. You've gone past fifty. You're you're in the nineties. The old what they call the nervous nineties. But then you start to think, oh no, I can't get out here. Yeah. I don't want to get out. Yeah. So I'll start. Yeah. Go, you go back into your shell and start playing negatively. Yeah. You don't want to get out. As a result of thinking that way, you're increasing your chances of getting out. Yeah. So what if you visualise, though, from 90 to 10, success? Yeah. 10 singles. You're not going to put that pressure on yourself. Absolutely you're not going to be, right. You're not yeah. going to be thinking about the negative. Exactly. Just one run, and then you go one more run, and then yep. you go one more run. You don't think, I need 10. Oh, my God, I need 10. Ah, one more run. Yeah. You get that. One more run, which is short-term goal setting. Yeah. So go link this back to the last one that we did. Yeah. Last podcast, short-term goal setting. Yeah. And you can always achieve. If you set the, the goal too far ahead... It can feel too much out of the way, too far away, yep. too much distance, so you don't even bother trying, so you fail. So visualisation will work when you practice it, but there's no point in trying it with a, a fuzzy TV screen. You've got to tune it in. Yep. You've got to get. You've got to see a clear picture, visualise everything working for you, because your body and your brain will then follow what you visualise. It's a simple technique, and it works amazingly well. In, in virtually everything. And I can tell you from sport and from business, interviews and meetings. I'll give you a recent example, Mitch, and you were involved with this. Yep. So I took up on a, a new hobby for fun last year. Yep. And what was it? Singing. It was singing, that's right. And I did six gigs in yep. a year, in my first year. And this is totally different than anything I've ever done in my life. And I was nervous before the first one, I can't deny that. But I went through a whole visualisation thing of people enjoying themselves and yep. singing along or dancing or whatever it may be. And they did. It doesn't mean I'm a good singer, mind you. <laughs> but they did. They had a great time. Yep. And they have in every single one. And that's what the main thing is. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted people to have a great time. I visualised it, saw it happening, and they did. And the same applied to my boxing match. I did 20 minutes of visualisation before my fight. Yeah. And... It actually went better than I visualised it. And that can happen as well. So there's a lot of merit in this. Because, put it this way, if you visualise things, like I said, not working, guess what? Your brain will follow that pattern. Then it won't work. Yep. Then that has a crack on your self-esteem. Because then that can make you go, I'm rubbish. And then you keep repeating that pattern of negativity with your, with your mental movie being a, a, of a negative nature. And then, of course, you keep repeating that pattern and you end up being that person with low self-worth, no self-esteem, always a failure. Not learning because you don't even bother trying anything anymore because, oh, well, that failed. I'm not going to bother with that. I'm going to be a camper and sit on the bottom of the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any activities or tasks or homework that people can do to, to practice their visualisation yeah. skills and how they can get better at exactly. doing it? Exactly. So whatever it is for the individual, whether it's sport, business, uh, like I said, a job interview maybe or something like that, whatever it is. So write this down. I'm writing it down now. Come on. So write, actually draw a TV set. Now inside that TV set, write whatever this is. Like I just said, it could be tennis match. 
Monday night competition. It could be cricket at the weekend. It, it could be a job interview. It could be business, whatever. Right? So you need to write down what it is. Underneath that, you need to write down what the well-formed outcome that you want is. So if somebody wants, to, if you're trying to sell something and you're visualizing the outcome of the customer saying, yes, this is great. I'll buy it now. Write that down. Yeah. If it's a tennis match and you know you want to visualize it in the winning point with an ace or a forehand down the line or a backhand screaming topspin cross court, then do that. And then keep practicing it. Visualize it now. Actually, turn the TV set on, the mental movie in your mind. Start looking at it in full high de definition color. This is your homework. And play it out almost like the old fashioned... Um, uh, VCR. If at some stage in the movie, for whatever reason, something negative happens, stop it and then play over it. Play over the negative with the record so you see so erasing it. Okay. For those of you who don't remember the old VCR because you're not that old, then just do a, a uh, just get a, a pretend rubber or an eraser and rub over the TV set of the negativity that's on the TV. Then you play it again with the positive version and you just keep doing it until you see the result working out for you in the affirmative. In the end, it's gonna be fantastic and that's what's gonna happen. Because like I said, if you visualize things not working, that's gonna happen. And then you do the old uh, adage of, oh, I, told, I knew it. And, uh, I shouldn't have bothered in the first place yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Well, what what if it does work? And what if it what if you do get a great result? Are you going to want to do it again? Of course you are. Yeah. Because it felt great to get the great result. And then you want to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Yeah. And that's Definitely. what you do. Definitely. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add on to these two topics that we've covered today, John? There is one small thing and actually through feedback... Uh, from a friend of mine from the uh, the introduction uh, podcast we did. And this person said to me that, uh, just bear in mind people who are so far off the spectrum of success that this might put them off. So what I want to say there is there's no, you can start anywhere. Starting is the key. Yeah. So for me, not failure, I don't even like the word failure, but not succeeding is doing nothing. Yeah. Starting is succeeding. And then you build on that success with lots of short-term goals. So no matter where you are on the spectrum, if you have no self-belief, which, yeah, a lot of people don't, but it doesn't mean you can't change that mentality by starting something. You start really small. You don't have to shoot big. Just start small. You don't even have to tell anybody. Just start small, and then you just build on it with tiny little baby steps. And as a result of that, your confidence will grow, and then you might want to try something a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And a bit more difficult and a bit more difficult. And yeah, look, I mean, I'll tell you what my thing for this year uh, is is swimming, actually. I'm a, I'm not a great swimmer. I can swim. I just don't like it. I've, yeah. got, I've got no excuse. I've, I've lived in Australia for 25 years now. I used to make the excuse that in England they're rubbish swimmers and we only go to swimming once a year at school yep. and we don't live by the ocean if we go there it's freezing cold so nobody wants to go in there anyway but that's that's like the shit that's the biggest excuse of rubbish of all time so i'm going on a limb here and i'm gonna give myself some goal setting with some swimming and i'll be letting you know how i go but i'm not going to aim for 25 lengths in one go because that's not achievable for me, yep. for me straight away yeah so what would be might be i don't know half a length <laughs> probably the length of the pool for yeah. example depending on how far the pool is. Uh, yeah yeah 
So I've got to overcome that and become better at it. How do I do that? Well, I look at what isn't as good. So stroke correction, maybe my breathing's not very good. I don't know yet. I've got to work it out. And then I've got to work out what I need to do to make the weaknesses a strength. But I've got to have enough balls to say, I'm not good at that. And I want to improve. And you can use that example for anything in life, anything at all. But to go back to what I was saying, no matter where you are on the spectrum, if you're at the lowest possible ebb, it doesn't mean that that's where you deserve to be. Yeah. In fact, it doesn't mean you deserve to be there at all. It's only you telling yourself that you deserve to be there. And who can change that? Only you. That's correct. And you could only change that by making small steps to start with. Yeah. Not everybody has enormous confidence to go out and just have a crack at everything and make it work. Or not care if it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, not everybody's made that way. So, in fact, not not many people are made that way. We've got to try and remember that a lot of people, you know, they want to start small and just build bit by bit. Excellent. Thanks again for the discussion, John. Until next time. Cheers, Mitch. Absolute pleasure. Can't wait.